Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Gundam Book Club. Another episode of Covering Sentinel. This time, I hope to reveal some insight into how Sentinel was made. Xeonis Cantillations back in 2021 did an excellent job debunking some of the myths of Sentinel, such as the copyright and licensure myths that have been propagated over time. I did cover this back in Season 5, Episode 1. This episode will be a little different. I was recently looking at a copy of my uh, novel Convention, Confessions of Alice, and I realized that there was some commentary by Asano Masahiko and in an interview with Asano Takahashi and Katoki. I did not see a translation online for this, so I figured it would only make sense to do a translation on my own. I admittedly uh, am not as good with Japanese as I used to be, so I did use some online technology to aid in my translation. I figure for the few fans who listen to this podcast, the work can get out and understand the thought process of Asano, the director, Katoki, the artist, and Takahashi, the author, and how they were inspired in the first place to come out with this seminal work. There will be some interesting insight into uh, what their influences were. Also, what do they think of the world of Gundam in the late 1980s? So without further ado, let's get into it. Murasame Kenjin, not of Giant Robo, was a visual media writer and author and was active in a wide range of fields including robotics and comics. He was a critic of the real robot anime form and manga in particular. He moved to the United States in September of 1989 and was tasked with giving critique of the novel In the Battle of Real Gundam, or the Sentinel Bible you call it. He also had several interviews with Asano, Katoki, and Takahashi. In the model graphics battle of Real Gundam Bible, it was described that Takahashi Masaya was born in 1961. When he was taking his entrance exam for university, he was active in modeling magazines as a member of the stream base during the beginning of the Gunpla boom. Just as a random aside, I've been a fan of anime since the 1970s. I've been into Gundam since 1980, and I've seen a lot of Gundam. Maybe not all of it, but certainly a lot of it. Despite my love of Gundam, I have never heard of the stream base before, so I decided it was a good time to do a little side investigation into it. Zimmerit posted an online article, and I'll supply a link in the show notes. When Gundam was released, it grew in popularity in large part due to its partnership with Bandai in selling eventual things called Gunpla. Prior to making plastic models for Gundam, Bandai found some success creating kits for uh, shows like Space Battleship Yamato. During the 1970s, many plastic models began to copy the circles of the growing doujinshi manga scene. These circles would share workspaces, do group builds, and even send articles to magazines like Hobby Japan. So when Bandai released Gundam Kits in the 1980s, a model circle was formed at the hobby shop Endo in Shibuya, Shibuya Tokyo. This circle had become together had come together because of a shared interest in character models and took the name Streambase. Mozawa's manga Blue Submarine Number no. 6. It was founded by Masahiro Oda and included Masaya Takahashi, who were classmates at a local high school and clearly fans of Gundam. A pivotal, a pivotal moment of this group was being assembled for a roundtable 
discussion in the 1980 issue of Animage. They discussed plastic modeling with Bandai's Satoru Masumoto, Yoshimasu Uchida, and none other than Kunio Okawara. As it turned out, they were instrumental in helping to develop mobile suit variations, which would then be featured in Zeta Gundam, Double Zeta, and even Gundam Unicorn. Takahashi made his debut as an original author in the manga MSNKI, pairing up with one Kazahisa Kondo, featuring a certain Frederick Braun. According to Masaya, it seemed that the process of the novel was not organic. In other words, Katoki made the designs that would be used for photo shoots, featured model graphics, but the process of making the story which became the novel came later. The concept of Alice was not revealed until the end when it was serialized. At some point, there was discussion, discussion of including new types, but he was very much against it, so it was not a part of the story. One of the off reasons he offered was Gundam is becoming something like an old hero robot, imbued with divinity or even like a demon. Takahashi was admittedly not a fan of Zeta Gundam. He described it as originally being created as a butt wipe for Zeta Gundam. Those were his words. In other words, like Tom said from Mobile Suit Breakdown, Gundam Sentinel was created as fixed fiction. He envisioned that the Titans were the Shinsengumi. By the way, I did discuss the Shinsengumi back in Season 1, Episode 2. You can check it out if you want as a reminder. So he decided to make Sentinel as an allegory at the end of the Edo period. He also felt that since new types were Tomino's domain, and felt that any attempts by anyone else would not be the same. Instead, he decided it would be a novel concept to use artificial intelligence instead, which is how Alice came to be. The new decides, or Shinsengumi, were a set of characters he envisioned as the main characters. Ryo Roots, on the other hand, was a character he would not empathize with until the end. He decided to make him the kind of person he would hate to write. He did view that sci-fi anime or manga tend to be passive or pretty like five-star stories, or some manga by Rumiko Takahashi, who was a creator of Urusei Yatra, or Ranma, one-half. Instead, he wanted to have a more realistic depiction of battlefields and battle deaths and wanted it to be painful. He did also comment on why there were no soldiers who were women in Sentinel. His theory was that it was quote-unquote abnormal. Although there were some images of women holding rifles, uh, he felt it was more of a publicity move. Uh, sidebar, in the present day, women are serving forward areas for many countries like Australia and the United States. So somehow, if you're able to put aside the misogyny, uh, he did envision Alice to be almost like a little sister to Ryu, but then morphed into a mother figure. Some of the books that were influential to Takahashi include Honor Majesty's Ulysses by Alice McLean. He described as a masterpiece of ocean war adventure novels. A Little Out of Focus by Robert Capo. He described it as a book featuring the perspective of a military photographer during World War II. New York Story by Pete Hamill. Uh, it was a compilation of stories that were featured in The New Yorker. And finally, Portrait of America by Anton Miller. Uh, it was a story of a military fam family who had soldiers that served from World War I to the Vietnam War and dwelled in the theme, Why Do Soldiers Serve in the Military? He said that the book had a great influence on the behavior and consciousness of the soldiers who had appeared in Sentinel and other previous works of his.
Hajime Katoki was involved with everything from design to photo stories to boards like Jay Johnson from Industrial Light and Magic. He attributed part of his success to having a sense of perspective and depth. He said he is mindful of spatial arrangement and lighting. When it comes to ships and mobile suits, we intentionally combine large and small items. If there's a small object in front of the spaceship, the spaceship that is far away will appear huge. It's a matter of pictorial composition. However, it seems obvious when you say it, but it's difficult to photograph it. To create some of the images, he had to apologize to the modeler that made some of these kits for destroying some parts of the builds to create dynamic poses and compositions. He admitted that the depth of field, depth of field rather represents a challenge, especially when looking at a ship from the side. When looking at it from diagonally ahead, it's difficult to keep everything in focus. So they limited exposure and even used videography instead. It seems that several movies were influential to Katoki, including 2001 A Space Odyssey and not surprising Shars Counterattack. He was trying to analyze the feasibility of viewing axis from the Earth during his descent and orbit. He seems to be interested in physics, both Newtonian and modern. If you were to look at some of the diagrams in the Model Graphics Bible, it had plenty of diagrams featuring vectors and other examples of physics to account for orbital mechanics of the Xeon mobile armor. In terms of the S Gundam, it described that Bandai originally said that it would be the most powerful Gundam that could be combined and transformed, and I think we were able to achieve a certain level of satisfaction within the production. I was looking for something good to do within the limited time and budget. As Yannis Galatian indicated, there were concerns from Bandai about making S Gundam seem related to the original Gundam, and Katoki strove to work within those constraints. Initially, he was not to Gunpla. He then discovered that most fans from his perspective were focused on faces. He admitted to the fact that when he was younger and drove robots, he did not focus on the face as the robots is merely a machine. As another aside, uh, I was actually looking at the instruction manual for the FAS kit, the Vercom version. And Katoki had said that the FAS, S Gundam, and Zeta Plus are used by the main characters of the series and I see the S Gundam resembling the RX-78-2, the Zeta Plus resembles the gun cannon, and the massive size of the FAS resembles the gun tank when applying them to mobile suits of the first Gundam series. Some of the books that were influential to Katoki include Science of the Spatial by Keiji Nita. In his own words, it is a practical guide to aeronautical engineering for beginners written by the author, who serves as research. It is not a bad experience to enjoy Gundam after reading this. Factors including reasons why more than 90% of a rocket's weight is fuel, or what it means to be in orbit. Politics of the Scientific Revolution. Through modern physics, we have learned that the seemingly extreme research on elementary particles and the problems of the origin of the universe are two problems that are adjacent to each other. This type of innovation or scientific revolution was also brought about by Minovsky particles in the Gundam world. Just like the Manhattan Project, which produced the atomic bomb, the three major modern sciences are equipment-dependent and capital-intensive, and this has immediate social and political effects. So as a random aside, for those people who look at Gundam and say, well, there is no politics in Gundam, this book, which was an influence, would suggest otherwise. Not to mention, you know, the clear play upon fascism and everything else, but that's besides the point. 
in Gundam Century by Minori Shobu. This book offers explanations for mobile suits, illustrations, stories, staff essays, and explanations by aerospace critics. In Space Race 1999 by Kanichi Kato. It's a fiction written where major discoveries made by private spaceships are a reality and features technology similar to Minovsky particles. According to Asano, Gundam Sentinel was destined to create the antithesis of the anything-goes Gundam scene at the time. It seems to be in line with Takahashi's worldview of the state of Gundam, and that this would be a fixed fiction to address the problems of Gundam for that time frame, at least according to them. He was an avid reader of other magazines, including Hobby Japan, and admired the builds featured within those magazines. He spent a lot of time talking about the production process of the models that were made for the various photo shoots for the Sentinel project. He very much viewed this as a labor of love. He also seemed to be very hands-on with the photo shoot. Some of the books uh, that were influential to him were After the Music Ends by Yoichi Shibuya, Systems and Ritual by Eiji Otsuka, No Life King by Seiko Ito, and The Fury of of Kogami Yuhido. Another thing that I'd like to talk about is whether Gundam Sentinel was an up-to-date version of Astro Boy. According to Kenji Murasame, on the day that Osamu Tezuka died, the opening of Astro Boy was repeatedly shown on TV news. He felt a sense of loss, but he didn't feel any closest to Adam himself. He, according to him, had grown up without feeling the reality of the vision of the prosperity of science represented by the Iron Atom and the robot as a partner for the coming future. Robots are humanity's dream. Murasame mentioned that the that Talos appearing uh, in Greek mythology was a super-powered soldier who used heat to kill invaders from other countries. Pygmalion is an ivory statue of a woman made by the king of Cyprus. The came to life and falls in love with the king. He even mentions Fatima, featured in Nagato Mamoru's epic story, Five Star Stories. According to Murasame, the work Astro Boy depicts the human dream of becoming a robot. The true story is full of instincts. This stage background, like Greek mythology, liberates the imagination. The magical scientific civilization is depicted as a dream sought by a Japanese society at the time, which is moving towards high economic growth following World War II. A formative robot anime was Mazinger Z that depicts robots as inorganic machines that lack a mind, just like Talos. Over time, machines were seen in science fiction with artificial intelligence, including the movie Westworld, and then the murderous as android Ash from Aliens, Alien, rather, and clearly these were also influential to uh, the developers of Sentinel. Murasame argued that Gundam, and Sentinel in particular, was an evolution of this process of adding robots and the artificial intelligence seen in Alice. Alice was to Murasame a form of eroticism and a love story about identity, where intelligence accepts even the contradictions of humans and becomes closer to humans through interactions. The person who rescues Alice, a girl who has wandered into a wonderland, is a man who joins voices with her and gives her the key. This kind of love act has been described in five-star stories. 
The person in this case was the Cheshire Cat or Real Roots. According to Murasame, Gundam Sentinel made robots just like Astro Boy. Alice and S Gundam destroyed at the end of the story and was just like Adam Boy who melted in the heat of the sun to protect the humans he loved. I'm now going to talk about some of the commentary that was featured in the back of the novel Confessions of Alice. And Murasame uh, actually wrote a critique of this novel. And he started with a strange reference to high school baseball, and clearly he was not a fan of it. He even made a reference to Tsutomu Miyazaki, who was an infamous pedophile for some strange reason. Um, he started out then also to talk about that Gundam Center was a rite of passage through media. He stated that although it has substance, it functions a virtual image. In contrast to high school baseball, which is a useless fiction such as Gundam, it feels more real to boys than anything with substance or the real world. There is a spiritual world. It can be said that this was a better place in high school baseball, and it was a place of real communication. No one has a right to criticize this. To be more precise, the novel of Gundam Senma Masaya Takahashi could be described as a slightly malicious sermon from a generation that is a little older than me. Asano and Takashi identified themselves as part of the Gundam generation. He felt the biggest benefit he gained from the work of Mobile Suit Gundam was not only the fetishistic appeal of mechanics represented by mobile suits, but also the various aspects that this work directly plays a role in. He described Gundam Sentinel, including its theme, as an antithesis to the chaotic Gundam scene of the 1980s. He felt that the war should not be depicted in a glorious or exhilarating way such as a fun shooting game. According to him, the pursuit of a fictional reality within the framework of Gundam World, the methodology that adheres to it, and the reproduction of such a way of playing within conventions, which is nothing but a reinforcement of the original TV media, is a second generation of Gundam. Murasame concluded that among corrupt media, Gundam Sentinel can be already considered a kind of beautiful story. In the second commentary that was uh, written by Masahiko Asano, the executive producer and director, uh, he sort of piggybacked off what Murasame had said and mentioned that the story was originally a barebone skeleton story that was planned as a value-added backbone for product planning for the plastic models featured in model graphics. He stated that the project itself changed several times and since there were no constraints at all, um, as a result, the novel became three times as long as initially planned. The novel was initially serialized in monthly episodes of Model Graphics from the September 1987 issue to the August 1988 issue in Model Graphics. The second draft of the novel was completed around April of 1989. Minor aside, the uh, subtitle Alice's Confession was chosen by Asano, and he persuaded Takahashi to use it. Initially, Takahashi felt he didn't really like it because it kind of smells like an old man, whatever that means. The last thing we'll talk about is actually the interview that was held between Masaya Takahashi, Katoki, and Asano. And this uh, interview took place on April 11th, 1990. The preamble of the uh, interview started with, there is no doubt that some changes have occurred since Gunless Senna was released into the world and side by by me, 
I wanted this as a reference to Char's counterattack and clearly the relationship between Char's counterattack and Gundam Sentinel. Whether this is a productive and good direction or a consumptive and bad direction is up to the consumers to decide. What the first generation of Gundam tried to do for the media to initiate the second generation of Gundam was maybe not the details, but the mood of that time. We asked the original author, Takahashi, and the designer, Takatoki, to talk kindly about their thoughts of the Gundam scene. During the interview, Asano felt that they were trying to strive for a realistic form of Gundam. They were truly inspired by the depiction of the first Gundam and the One Year War. They did not want to have artificial intelligence in the story like HAL 9000 or 2001 A Space Odyssey by Arthur C. Clarke. Takahashi also admitted that he was not a fan of the use of incoms that were featured with S Gundam or with the Gundam Mark V. He did say that there was discussion about new types in Sentinel, but he didn't know what to do with them. He also notion, thought rather notion was a Tomino-san thing. And he posited that mobile suits that bear the name Gundam so strong. The S Gundam or IOTA Gundam looked like a strong design by Katoki was not sufficient. So the idea of Alice was made as a form of artificial intelligence that would be incorporated into the S Gundam. It would evolve and be made into an important character. Asano appears to be the one who developed Alice as the AI. Asano also admitted that some aspects of Alice were influenced by the novel and movie Firefox, which was released worldwide in 1982. In the movie, Mitchell Gant, uh, the protagonist that was played by Clint Eastwood, was a U.S. Air Force pilot who spoke Russian and was sent by the West to infiltrate the Soviet Union to steal a MiG that had thought-controlled weapons. The trio admitted that such technology did not seem to exist at the time of the interview, but could envision such technology being used soon for the military. Naturally thought that such technology could be incorporated into mobile suits. Katoki and Takahashi envisioned that voice input in civilian and electronics would be feasible. Obviously, they were not aware of products that we take for granted at this present time, like Alexa or Siri. Takahashi also envisioned that a pilot selecting various features controlled by one's eyes would be fastened in vocal commands and would be a departure from the learning computer featured in Tomino's novel. It seems similar concept to the targeting feature seen on the pilot helmet seen in Macross Zero or Gundam Seed. Asano admitted that although he was a big fan of Gundam, uh, in particular he was a fan of the original product in terms of the novel and even mobile suit variations, uh, the stories since Zeta, uh, Double Zeta, and Shars Counter were weaker according to him. An interesting development that I had assumed was confirmed during this interview. Katoki was indeed inspired by James Cameron. The Bean Smart Gun of the S Gundam was inspired by the Bean Brother Smart Gun featuring Aliens 2. Also, it turns out that these three were aware of the manga Kazuhisa Kondo. Takahashi was involved with the working on uh, mobile suit Senki and was instrumental on a certain Frederick Braun. So yes, I have been certainly drawing a lot from the Sentinel well, but I do love it so much as I've talked about so many times. In fact, the reason why I started this podcast was because of how much I adore Sentinel. To be honest, I didn't envision making anything more than just the episodes covering Sentinel back in Season 1 when I did start this podcast. I had the novel, and I was not able to find a translation of the commentary interview that was included in it, so I figured it was something worthwhile to try to analyze with the use of Google Translate. It seems that their influences were quite varied. 
they were inspired by various shows such as Adam Boy, Mazinger, 2001, Firefox, Alien, and its sequel, Aliens. Some of the modelers were also influenced by other science fiction shows such as Space 1999 and Star Wars, beyond things like this Beam Saber. They have an interest in politics, history, art, and physics. They really did view Sentinel as a labor of love. The amount of detail in the artwork and photography alone is impressive. One thing that came out of this research was that the creators of Sentinel were not fans of anime that followed first Gundam. Takahashi in particular was not a fan of Zeta and felt that Gundam Sentinel would be a way to course correct. They purposely did not include new types as they felt it was the domain of Tomino. It also makes sense as to why they made the new designs the Universal Century version of the Shinsengumi given that the Titans in their mind were the same. The new designs served as a natural successor to the Titans. It would also make sense that given what happened to the Titans at the end of the Grips conflict, we would likely see that some hardliners would not want to be incorporated back into the Federation. Like the Shinsengumi, they did not like the direction the government was going after the events of Zeta unfolded. As I have also discussed, the events involving the Shinsengumi and Aizu parallel the events of the, of the moon and with Iron City. This then leads me to another thought. Earlier last year, Tom of Mobile Suit Breakdown covered the, in uh, one of his episodes the fictional war chronicles or Kaku Senkin. In that sense, a fictional war chronicle envisions a story related to past wars and the progress and outcome of the battle if a certain aspect had changed from historical reality. It seems to me that Gun and Sentinel could be considered a variation of this genre. One can imagine that the Shinsengumi traveled in time and arrived in Universal Century. There are no new types, no children soldiers, no orphans, except for Ryo, although I guess you can argue it's not really quite the same thing as he's an adult. Instead of katanas, the Shinsengumi, or rather the new decides, would use beam smart guns mounted on Zeku Ai's mobile suits. Instead of Ronin Samurai, you would have disavowed new decides officers like Brave Cod and Tosh Craig. I agree with Tom that Seno could very well be viewed in a similar vein as the Kakusen King. As always, references for this will be included in the show notes with this episode. Please be sure to check out the Twitter page, as I refuse to call it that one stupid letter, at Gundam Sentinel 2, Instagram at Gundam Sentinel Podcast, Tumblr, Blue Sky, Hive, on also TikTok, or on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash Gundam Sentinel Podcast. I can also be reached by email at Gundam Sentinel Podcast at gmail.com. If you are interested, you can send a request to join my fledgling Discord as well. If you like what you hear, please rate and give a review on whatever you mean to listen to this podcast and tell your Gundam-loving otaku friends to check it out. Until next time.